Welcome to Anniver Spark CEO Podcast, Conversations on Economic Opportunity. My name is Paul Kretko, and I'm the president and CEO of Ann Arbor Spark. Ann Arbor Spark is a public-private partnership of business, government, and academic institutions working to advance the economy of the Ann Arbor region. Welcome to our continuing series of conversations with key leaders from those sectors. Joining me today is Bob Smith, founder and president of White Pine Software Technologies. Thanks for coming in to talk with us today, Bob. Thanks. Good to be here. Great. So we always like to give our audience a chance to learn about you as an individual first. So tell us a little bit about your background and and how you ended up at White Pine Software. I've been in Ipsy for a long time. I have my bachelor's in math and computer science master's, both from EMU. Um, And I started working mostly in Ann Arbor uh, quite a long time ago for a small company doing a lot of systems analyst kind of work in computers. And then I worked at the EPA, Motor Vehicle Lab there on Plymouth Road for a while. And then I went to uh, Ford in the uh, engineering labs at Ford. And I was there for about 25 years before, yeah, recently retired, sort of. But that was my plan anyway. (laughs) What kind of things did you work on when you were at Ford? At Ford, I started out working on an engineering application, fairly small but important. It's actually still being used out there to do customer correlation work between uh, how the vehicles are tested on improving grounds versus how people actually drive them on the roads. In the early days then, uh, I was actually in the lab. They, They went around to the labs, Ford did, and pulled people out of the labs or basically said you either want to do engineering or, or software development and at the time I was more interested in writing code and building things and that was my background anyway. So from that they formed uh, a group called Process Leadership which is a good name for what they did in, uh, in those days was to bring a, a lot of the computer technology into the company and take the work that's being done in the research labs and turn it into products that mm-hmm. the engineers could use okay. within the company. And uh, out of that, they formed a group called Test Data Management. So I was a charter member of that group. Wow. So that's really uh, a lot of where I came from. I spent a number of years in test data management. I went over to uh, CAE, Computer Aided Engineering, uh, where I learned a lot about simulation and modeling and solvers. and. When you're in a test lab, you're testing physical things. When you're in CA, you're you're testing, you're using models and virtual things and okay. CADs, yeah. Okay. Well, so at Ford, retired, what led you to wanting to start White Pine then? Well, to continue the story a little bit, okay. uh, I went back to, uh, I, I did a short term in virtual manufacturing, what was interesting, and then after 2008, went back into test data management. That was, you know, after a lot of downsizing, and they were, they were in rescue mode for a lot of the applications now that because so much corporate knowledge had left. Mm-hmm. That was a little after 2000, around 2008, of course. And then in 2010, um, we started working on this, bringing this new technology, the new standard, ASAM ODS, Association for Standardization and Automation of Measuring Systems, Open Data Services. That's a mouthful. And it's an ISO standard for test data management. It's been it was growing in Europe for some time. A lot of the German automakers use it, and uh, and in recent years, it had been coming over to North America. So we were starting to build, uh, uh, replace some of the legacy systems at Ford that had been out there for a long time, and the decision is made, well, we should use the standard for this. That was in 2010, 
So after five or six years, we applied the standard to a couple of different solutions, and then I left Ford, retired from Ford. But this is a kind of a small domain of people who know about this. And uh, I got some some questions from from colleagues in other companies who, you know, what worked, what didn't, what was your experience with applying this at Ford, and, and uh, can you help us do it? And that after some back and forth for one tier one, that just turned into, can you do it for us? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I formed the company okay. around that. Okay. Tell us a little bit more about what you find. So you're consulting with mainly folks that are uh, doing automotive design? No, so at White Pine, we're all about this ODS standard. When you think about what's going on in the test labs for powertrain engineering, for testing, you have sensors all over the engines, and the number of things you're measuring is going way up, and the, and the technology you're using to measure them is measuring things faster, you know, and, and you produce just huge volumes of data mm-hmm. around this lab and getting a hold of that and managing that correctly is a challenge. The, the system we replaced at, at Ford, my first system, was only capturing about 10% of that data. It was you know, an important 10%. But a lot of the rest of it would just go out on a file system uh, relatively unmanaged. It, the, the standard does is it helps the companies manage it now in accordance with all of the IT rules for security and controls and record retention and put good metadata around it so you can figure out actually what you tested several years from now. And, and it allows a large number of third-party client tools who implement the ODS API to connect to that system and be able to work with that data. And that's what we do. We take that technology now, and there's a lot of other companies <laughs> who have uh, these old systems like this that are creaky, they've been out there for 20 years, they're hard to maintain the technology. Every time you do a, an operating system patch, they stop working. And, you know, they're sensitive and, and hard to manage. And now companies are saying, okay, if we're going to replace this, let's, let's replace it with, with a standard. I see. A standard. And that's what we do, and so we're, we're helping companies to do that. And uh, right now, there isn't a lot of ODS expertise in, in North America. In fact, I think we're the only company who does that and nothing else, well, that's pretty much. Um, and that's impressive. our goal, is to, is to be a, a go-to place where people who want to work with this technology. Any significance behind the name of the company? Oh, White Pine is the state tree of Michigan. Okay. It's the largest tree east of the Mississippi. It's the used to form masts on sailing ships, which I, I have a sailboat, so. Okay, all right. So it just seemed a natural I w- wanted to I <laughs> wanted to make the connection. Well, one of the things that we were interested in talking with you about is that you have had success and growth since you left Ford and establishing the company. And you, for us, we're calling you a graduate from Spark East, so maybe tell us a little bit about your experience being in Spark East. Yeah, oh, that was, that was a, well, so when I was forming this company, I was kind of casting about, you know, this seemed like a, this kind of project to take on was a lot bigger than something I could run out of my home. And uh, my, my son, Terrence, was just graduating with his master's in bioengineering at the time. Um, I said, you know, I can't do this alone. He, he's got a lot of skills running big projects and analysis tools. We decided to form the partnership with White Pine 
Um, I, the, the German vendors are some of the products that we work with, HiQ Soft LLC. I talked to them and said, if I take this on, are you going to be able to back us up? And, you know, and, and, and they agreed to do that. And then we just needed a place to work. And mm -hmm. I kind of actually just stumbled on it, poking around the Internet. So I went in and I talked to Joe at the Spark East, and it sounded perfect. It's a, you know, you, you rent by the queue, but we had network facilities, which we need, you know, phone service, fax, all of that thing. Mm -hmm. um, so we moved in on, uh, uh, actually on, on Christmas Day, November in 2014, and promptly set off the burglar alarm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, but, but that's been very good, because one of the first things, you know, I did was uh, attend one of the Sparky seminars, and that's when I started to realize, oh, you got, you have to think about CPA and accounting uh -huh. and legal and insurance and yada yada yada. I hadn't thought about any of those things, so it was a good place to understand why actually I really need to do this. And then also, um, there's a lot of expertise there. I have to write contracts now with companies in Germany and understand German law. How do I do that? How do I talk about? Placing people in uh, remote locations for some of our vendors, and um, um, Joe is a very good guy to bounce those kind of ideas off. I really think a lot of the fact that we were able to get off to a good start and be stable is just being in the Sparkies and talking to a lot of other people also who come through there and have different experience. That's good to hear. I think it, it served its purpose for me very well. I don't think we would have been nearly as had such a graceful launch of the company without it. Yeah, that's very good to hear because it's exactly what we're, what we're trying to do with, mm -hmm. the, with the facility. Not only have assets that you can use, as you mentioned, network facilities. The conference room, yeah. But also the notion that it creates an environment that you can talk to others and learn from them, but also there's opportunities for you to, the kind of programs we have where if you're interested in a particular topic, protecting IP or doing something like that, you can get specific assistance on that. So that's that's really great. Well, the next piece of it that was really exciting, I think, in terms of you being sort of an example of what we're trying to do, is we really wanted to begin to graduate companies out of Spark East into Ypsilanti. And my understanding is that you have made that choice. So tell us a little bit about that experience and what you're doing. Yeah, so we've been adding people fairly quickly. We're up to seven, I think, full-time and then three or four part-time people, and we have an office manager, and we're just starting to kind of fill up the facility there. It seemed time uh, to, to find our own place and get our own identity mm -hmm. since I've been in Ipsy for 30 years, <laughs> you know, and I liked working there. I, I decided I didn't really want to go out in some research park where you're not near anything. You know, it's much nicer to be able to just go across the street and walk in Riverside Park in the middle of the summer. Or, and uh, so we looked around. A friend of mine who, who runs a real estate company in Ypsilanti also, uh, I talked to him, and he works out of uh, this beautiful 100-and-something-year-old former Ypsilanti town hall, I believe it was. And he said, the guys upstairs just moved out. <laughs> So it's perfect. There's parking around the building. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a charming building. Um, uh, Depot Town is right across the street. Riverside Park is right behind the building. Downtown Ipsy is just a couple blocks away. So, uh, it, and everybody really liked it. It seemed like a good fit. Mm -hmm. However, being a hundred year old building, it it uh, 
did not have state-of-the-art networking. <laughs> so that was what I wanted to talk with you about next was that, you know, we had, uh, at Spark, had talked with the county and indicated that one of the things that would be important to help companies think about Ypsilanti as a location, especially technology companies, is there might need to be a little bit of uh, money that supports that. So, you know, my understanding of this is that White Pines is getting one of our first Innovate Ipsy grants. And I guess what I want to ask you, what, what is that? Well, that was, that was really, really key, actually, because one of the things my business really depends on, on a solid network. And we do a lot of video conferencing, do it internationally. And we support applications in remote locations. All over the world, these mm -hmm. test labs are located. And we couldn't just go with some kind of a home network, home internet or type solution. Sure. So a friend of mine uh, who is the vice president of Grid4, uh, I consulted with him and he, uh, they, do, they do that kind of networking. And he says you know, that there was a, a fiber optic drop right outside the building, which apparently had been placed by AT&T. The pedestal was literally on the other side of the driveway. Wow. So they said... We can, we can activate that pedestal. We tie that into the building and, and, and you'll have a very good fiber optic network, solid you know, voice over IP and everything we need. It's just was the cost. So uh, the grant is all, is all helping us put in that. Okay. I really probably, it would have been a tough decision to stay there without it, but, but now I can depend on, on that. Well, that's, that's great. That was exactly the intentionality. Yeah, it was perfect. It just made behind the, it. Yeah, you know, made the perfect connection into our need and mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the fact that the landlord liked it because his his facility now has mm -hmm. you know something that he can rent to other high tech type companies. And exactly. So. What, what's what's fitting into our overall strategy is is that we think that downtown Ypsilanti, Depot Town, in that area has the potential for location of technology companies in their earliest stage when they need an affordable environment. Mm -hmm. And before we started this conversation, you and I were talking about the differences in rent between Ann Arbor proper, city, downtown, mm -hmm. and Ypsilanti, and it's quite dramatic. Yes. And, and what that oh, does it's is... it's nice. We, I mean, there's no gridlock at rush hour in Ypsilanti. And, but you're still close to things. Ann mm -hmm. Arbor is just down the road if you need to That's right. you know, go there. Or Ypsilanti uh, EMU is there. Well, you talked a little bit. You've been around Ypsilanti for a while. Um, you've seen have uh, some challenges. And now you're seeing new businesses come to fore there. What's your general feeling? Is, is it you feel like it's a good place for companies? Obviously, you've made the choice, but do you think other companies would be comfortable as you've been? Yeah, and, and I remember when a lot of those buildings were empty in Ipsy, and now it's good to see that they're all pretty full. Mm -hmm. We're very happy there, actually. So uh, what I would like to see uh, if Ypsilanti wants to continue attracting these kind of businesses, um, they really need to get on the gigabit network. Uh, I don't think they have connectivity there. We, the best we can get right now is 100 megabits. So. Which is, which is also very good <laughs> for, for our mm -hmm. need. But you have to build out the infrastructure to attract the kind of clients you want to attract. And I would see that. I, I think parking still is an issue. They should consider investing something with that. It's, for us, uh, being downtown on Michigan Avenue there is great, but there's parking meters everywhere, and that means that they push the residents, people who have to work down there for 8 or 10 hours a day, 
you know, we have to go park in the neighborhoods, and that's mm -hmm. not really nice. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, those um, are issues. Those that kinds of those on. are just you know mm -hmm. things that are you want people to come down there. You have to make it easy for mm -hmm. them. Right? Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I think that makes a good business location for companies that are at the scale you're at is that there is the, there are the amenities right outside your, your front door. There are restaurants and other things that you can access very easily. In yeah, and that's, that's, we like that. There's uh, you know, lots of nice, uh, uh, simple, not just chain restaurants, but something quite nice that people like. So in your new space, is that what, what are, what's the what's your plan for the future? Do you see more growth happening, or are you getting to the size that you think uh, you're you're going to cap out at, or what do you see? No, I don't. I don't think we're going to camp out. I, we've got about a thousand square feet. We're, we're putting ten people in there. I've already talked to Joe about if we need overflow space, uh -huh. you know, we we have, we can go back into Spark and right. rent some cubes there. There's a back office studio. I know they have plans for opening up down there. Uh, that was originally our plan was to go in there first, but they're just not ready yet. Yeah. And and we we just needed we needed to move. We needed yeah. A, yeah. a better facility. So there's room to expand. There may be room to expand even in the building we're in. Yeah. You know, we just have four of the rooms out of yeah. you know, ten maybe ten businesses. Well, I think that's that the other you know one of the things that that we do with the space that we have both in downtown Ann Arbor and Ypsilanti is provide some of that flex space for companies in terms of when they might need a little more room or they're just growing and they're not sure if they're going to add more people or not. It gives that sort of that, that overflow, that, mm -hmm. that relief valve. Well, again, I want to just really uh, thank you for you know making the investment that you're making and growing your company in Ypsilanti. It's, it, it feels good to have a conversation like this because some of the strategies that we've been trying to employ and tactics that we're trying to use uh, seem to have worked for you. Yeah, I have to say it all clicked for me. It just was in the right place in the right time, and I really just kind of stumbled onto it by accident. So poking around the Internet, you know, Spark came up. Yeah, so well, what we're hoping is with this podcast, maybe we'll have a, a ability to reach out to more people who are looking around and, and needing assistance. So I thank you for coming in and talking with me today. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I also want to thank our audience for listening and learning more about those leaders and organizations who are working hard to create the Ann Arbor region's economic future. These conversations are brought to you by Ann Arbor Spark. Ann Arbor Spark is a public-private partnership of business, government, and academic institutions working to advance the economy of the Ann Arbor and Ypsilanti region. For more information about Spark, you can find us on the web at annarborusa.org, also on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. For more information about White Pine Software Technologies, please visit www.whitepine-st.com.